we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means, on infiltration instead of invasion, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. There is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. All right, welcome to episode 60 of the Abuse Hour. It is I, your host, Coffee Long, coming to you unsupervised, unmedicated, and an unchecked threat to society. All right, so as they say in the uh, artificial insemination business, so far, so good. But um, yeah, this should be the uh, second episode going out on the mainstream platforms. And I haven't been zucked yet. Amazing, incredible, stupefying. And as luck may have it, I am on the way to the airport heading for, yes, you guessed it, Rhode Island. Yeah, what the fuck is in Rhode Island? I don't know, me, shortly. But uh, yeah, there's um, weird and interesting shit to talk about already with the new year. I haven't seen a whole lot of stuff going on with the uh, with domestic, you know, I mean, the, the, the election thing is up and coming, right? But there's not been a whole lot of talk about like, I mean, usually this time of year, like it's hot and heavy and there's lots of mudslinging, lots of shit talking. And instead, all we get is, like, we get, like, a review of the Epstein thing that, like, oh, look, they're going to release the list. There's a list coming out. Like, yeah, dude, the flight logs came out, like, years ago. And here we all are all again doing this thing again again. Like, with the same names. Same names, man. The same names. So there's not really, I mean, some cats are making a big deal out of it, but I don't really see that there's that much to talk about. I mean, you know the kind of people that are doing this shit. Uh, You know that nothing's going to happen to them, so it's like you're just going to run in circles and get angry instead of, of, quite honestly, looking at whatever else it is that they've got going out there that they're trying to have you not see. So I thought it might be useful to uh, talk through some uh, some of the shit going on overseas and how that kind of directly plays into, you know, what what your life could look like within, you know, six months or a year from now. And before we get to that, um, well, in terms of that anyways, I will toot my own horn a little bit because I managed to get some of those, those, uh, vintage episodes out, like from way back early, early, early abuse. But, uh, yeah, I, I had listened through them a little bit just to see what the audio was like and make sure it wasn't too you know, uh, timely of, you know, whatever, a year ago or whenever I recorded that shit. And, you know, I don't want to put that out, you know, over the holidays where you're like, this just sucks. I This means nothing to me. Listening to them, though, there was a few spots I was pretty stoked that uh, I was pretty much on the money in terms of, like, yeah, this is the direction they're going to go. They're going to start spinning back towards, like, yeah, maybe these white guys ain't so bad after all. You know, we might want to go to war again. But we'll get into that forthwith. First, I uh, I had the, the terrific misfortune. Like, you want to talk about a time suck, dude. I had the misfortune of listening to this interview between Shannon Sharp and Cat Williams. So, Shannon Sharp was a former sports ball player for the Denver Broncos. I don't know if he ever played anywhere else, but he definitely played there. And... I mean, I guess, you know, in terms of sports balling, the guy was money, and uh, I mean, I don't know how old the dude is, he's not he's not young and spry, but he's definitely still jacked, and like, 
like a lot of these sports ballers, it's just bizarro world. Like these are just large fucking people. But all that said, not super bright people. So, I mean, this guy before was on, I don't remember what the name of it was, but he was on some show with, with uh, well, some other guy. And I don't know if this was a white dude or a Jewish dude or what this guy's deal was. I mean, if he's on primetime TV, you can probably guess. But uh, this guy and, and Shannon Sharp, and this is the guy that's like, his name was like Skip something. And he's like, quit playing, Skip. And like, the guy can't speak. And I, it, it boggles my mind. I'm, I'm doing the Donald Trump finger right now. It boggles my mind. Amazing. I'm confused. Why? Like, get sports ballers. You want to get a sports baller. Okay, knock yourself out, man. But why does it have to be sports ballers that cannot speak? In clear sentences. Quit playing, Skip. That's crazy what you're talking about. That's that's hypothetically impossible. It's like Sylvester the fucking cat hosting a talk show. It's madness. It's madness. I almost think it's like they're rubbing your nose in it. Like, look, man, we can put whoever we want up here. And you're going to watch. You have no choice. Sit there. Sit there and watch it. Ask yourself. Quit playing. Alright? So anyway. So I guess this guy, he split from that sports ball show and um now he's got his his own talk i don't know what exactly talk show it was on youtube i didn't even know it was a thing somebody had put something i want to say on telegram and i stumbled across this and he called it shay shave shay like happy hour shay shave or some kind of kind of thing and uh so he's got this guy cat williams on there and i don't know i like if you show me a picture of the guy, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's that short black dude. I, I've i seen him in a movie or something. I don't know this person. I don't know anything about him. But somebody puts a clip of it up there, and he's talking about And, you know, like, I love a good piece of conspiracy work. Like, I'll listen to that. I'll entertain some of that wackiness. But the guy's up there, and he's talking about, he goes down that rabbit hole that, like, a lot of these black entertainers will go down. They'll talk about how, like, you got to get, railed in the ass to get in this club that they're all in you know like you you could be famous and only one black guy is going to be famous today and it could be you but if it is you gotta you're gonna have to give up that ass and like what and i mean i i will one i don't know shit about that one because i'm not black and two because i don't take it in the ass and three because i'm not famous but i mean i have seen like you probably have some of that stuff some of that good good conspiracy shit talking about like yeah you like have to like sacrifice something or you know and, and i almost wonder is this just a way for like black dudes to make it some kind of thing we're like oh no i'm not really gay you see i had to you see i had to you see i had to i didn't have no choice quit playing and, and you know and then these like chick celebs like oh no i didn't you know i didn't have a choice i had to blow harvey weinstein or or whatever, like, you know, I it's really had a gun to my head, and how could I be a millionaire if I'm not blowing this guy? But that's, that's again, a horse of another dick dance. But so I listened to, like, some of this interview. I see the thing on the Telegram that somebody put up there, and um, I look at that, and he's talking about all these other comedians, and, like, the clips that were up there were like, yeah, they're all, they're all in it together, you know, and they got this thing where... There's things you allowed to say, and he, uh, the guy talks like he talks like a really weaselly little African man, and it's it's hard to listen to. But if you don't, you know, the first time I'm here, and I'm like, all right, if he's got some kind of good information, I'll listen to it. 
But in just the, the clips, he's talking about, yeah, this this uh, this comedian, he a plant. You ever heard anything about him? Anything about him before he get a big, before he get, get specials? I got 29 specials. How many specials he got? No specials. And then there's this Shannon Sharp dude. Well, just hold on now. I think he got like two specials. All right, that's two specials. What the fuck that mean? What, two specials? I got like 29 specials. 29 plus the 34 I did before that. What that shit? And I'm, I'm like listening to this and I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll look I'll look for this. Maybe it's amusing. Maybe it's something. Wrong. Fucking wrong. I mean, dude, we talk about that thing with like the Unit 8200 dudes, which I think I had a chance to talk to one of the other day, but I'll get to that in a minute. Good times. Really good times. And, um, but we talk about that and we talk about like, yeah, dude, these people's only job is to like run you in circles or to make you look silly or to sow some kind of doubt into whatever argument you're making or to just be like a weird dissenting voice in, uh, in the comments, you know, in the posts, in the boards, whatever. And, uh, you know, yeah, man, we know to like, man, stay away from that shit. But then, you know, this, the, the dusty African, the dusty African reels me in and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll listen to that. So I go to the YouTube and, I, and, and I mean, dude, I don't know. All, all I can assume is there's some kind of bizarro world algorithm where this shit is getting pimped hard because you get on there and I'm like, geez, did I miss something? Cause every fucking post is like Kevin Hart responds to whatever the fuck cat Williams is rant and the naming of the names and the internet is exploding and he's breaking the internet and this kind of shit. And I'm for a second, I'm like, did I miss a meeting, dude? Did some kind of big shit come out that I that I missed out on? Well, fuck, I should listen to this. Oh, how long is it? Two fucking hours. No, two hours and 45 minutes this is. Two hours and 45 minutes you want. My life you're taking. How will I get it back? I can't. But so I'm like, oh, I'll fucking skim. And I'm looking and I hope, you know, I'm hoping like a lot of things where if you kind of scroll through, it'll say like talking about he mama, talking about he bitches, talking about he car, he money. You know, it doesn't have that. It doesn't. It's just these two Africans, a sports baller and a four foot tall, real piece of work. I'll get to this shit. So the guy starts talking and I'm like, I'm, first I kind of skim through it and I'm like, where's the part where you're going to talk about? Are you going to have some incredibly revealing information? Do you have the documents? Does he have the documents? Does Cat have the documents? He does not. Let me just get that out of the way up front. So I skim through and he doesn't have shit. But I'm like, maybe there's something in the details. Let me listen to a little bit of it. So I start listening, and it's it does like, you know, many podcasts do or like interview type things do, where it's like, let's interview the guy, like, let's hear his fucking story, what's your deal? And it's, I mean, I, I, I tried giving the guy the benefit of the doubt, but it became extremely apparent, like 10 minutes in, like this is the prototypical hood rat, that you would talk to that everybody hates him, everybody lies about him for absolutely no reason whatsoever, but let him tell you the truth because when he's telling you the truth, what he's going to tell you is that he was exceptionally educatified by the age of four where he could read entire books and I read upwards of 3,000 books per year. You got to understand that. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What? And I don't know if maybe my math is fucked up, so this guy's talking about, I read up with the 3,000 books. And maybe he means 3,000 books between this year and that year. But the way this guy talked about it, I mean, I feel pretty sure saying, I haven't read 3,000 books in my life. Maybe read through, maybe looked at the cover of, maybe bought from Antelope Hill and never actually read a page of. Like, yeah, I've, I've done that. 
But no, this guy's talking about like, yeah, I, I read all these books and I was a voracious reader. <laughs> I was I was so voracious, you know, when I would misbehave, my parents would take away my books. That's how they would punish me. They'd take my books away because they knew that I wanted to they want I wanted to gain knowledge. You understand knowledge is power. And he kind of goes down that rabbit hole that you know, the black scholar likes to go down with knowledge is power. And the more you educatify yourself, the stronger you're going to be. And, okay, I'm trying to, I'm still trying to overlook this. But then he's talking about, I got into such and such, such and such science and technical university. And I can't remember which one because I do not care. And even if I remembered, I'd probably have forcibly forgot anyway. But uh, he's talking about, yeah, I got into this and that university at, I want to say it was like age 12 or 13 or some kind of thing. Like, he's really pitching himself as like young Uncle Ted over here. Like, I'm just, I'm the, I'm the smartest motherfucker you ever met, right? But, uh, you know, for some reason, that didn't quite pan out. And I can't remember what the reason was there. Maybe was I realized that I could learn more on my own. I could educatify myself or some kind of shit. And then he leaves, uh, leaves home at, I think he said, age 13. Like he had a few thousand dollars saved up, he did, because he was industrious somehow. And he went to this, the truck stop with he and he dog, his like physical dog, not like a friend of his, and then jumped in the back of a semi-truck, which apparently they didn't start locking until recently. Quite possibly because young black men were going to be jumping into the back of them. And more often than not, jumping out was something of, you know, marketable value. But in this case, just because the guy's going to jump in and get a free ride to wherever. So he says he gets a ride down to Miami where he set up shop. And then he's, I can't remember where he said he was. Oh, he said he lived at a park. But said he never, ever did drugs because he interviewed, he interviewed many junkies and, tr and crackheads and understood that that shit will hurt you. So I don't do that shit. So according to him, never did a drug in his life. And yet somehow ended up in lots and lots of trouble in and out of jail but, you know, you see where this goes. But the interesting point about this was, um, and it, I it, I don't know, man. I mean, it's something that I had seen before, noticed before, and you've noticed it too. But I think we can start using as kind of a kind of a shorthand. And I don't know, I don't know what the what the word for it is, man, or what the what the phrase for it is. I mean, like we all know like we was scholars and shit, we was architects and shit, we was engineers and shit. Um, we all know the thing about, yeah, but I did have breakfast. Like we all know these gags, but this thing, it's got, it's its own quality and I don't know how to, how to put it, but it's this thing that I noticed that these kinds of people tend to do. And it's not, I guess not stupid people and it's not, I, I don't know what it is, but it's this thing where somebody will say something about like just a random topic or about another person. And now this person will immediately redirect the conversation to themselves. So you see like uh, attention whores, you know, like women that'll do this. Like anytime you see like some kind of a post about something like, holy shit, there was a horrific car crash, you know, on the on the interstate today. And then, you know, lonely wine ant will be on there like, oh my God, this reminds me of the time I got rear-ended on a freeway. It was horrible. You can check out pictures on my, on my thing, like, immediately redirects it to themselves but with these cats this cat this cat williams in particular it was this thing of like constantly redirecting to himself but then 
to tell you how much better he is. So he's talking about like the, the Shannon Sharp. He's talking about some comedian or other, and he's talking about well, now he had he had this show on, and he had this movie, and he got this part. And did did you read for that part? How did you not get that part? But he's talking about this, and every time, every time he says something, this Cat Williams will immediately redirect it to like, well, yeah, but that's nothing because listen to what I did. Let me tell you about the time. I mean, I bet you didn't know that I got into university when I was only an embryo. I could read entire books, and I wrote a symphony when I was only three. Ain't you know that? Like, immediately, like, redirects to himself and like, well, yeah, but let me tell you how much better I am. And I don't know, I mean, dude, I, it was just something I had noticed and something I had seen, you know, like, recurring with, like, attention whores and whatnot, but it's just this thing of, like, let me amplify myself. And I don't know, I mean, I want to say that it's, like, maybe it stems from some kind of a flimsy self-esteem where, like, no, no, I need to be the big dick at the trough over here. Like, I need the attention. But then if you look, I mean, dude, are black Americans starved for attention or, like, prompts for self-confidence in this society? I mean, dude, if a guy can write his name without fucking it up, it's like, look, amazing, amazing scholar. He's really eloquent. He's really well-spoken. I mean, dude, if, you know, like, if you watch a sports ball game, like, it's like they're never going to say, look how athletic this fucking guy is. Like, look at this guy leap over, like, five dudes, try to tackle him, or watch this guy jump, spin, throw, pass, whatever the fuck. They're never going to say, like, wow, how athletic the dude is. But they will go to great lengths to talk about, like, he's really intelligent, incredibly intelligent. Like, I'm going to beg to differ. Anyway, that was, that was something I did yesterday, and I'd say I did it for kicks, but I can't really say I got much of a kick out of it. It was... It was incredibly painful in retrospect. So, um, looking at uh, some other things going on, man, I wanted to kind of hit on some of these things and then steer it back towards you, you, where this comes down to you. Because as always, I, I really don't like just bullshitting for no real reason. Like, I think there's gotta be something that a guy can take away from it. I guess kind of starting off from the top, man, you look at this, uh, kind of the state of of what the U.S. has going. You know, it was not that long ago that we had this situation where you, white man, you were like no shit being briefed. Like the White House, our government, your government was putting out, fuck, sweet, was putting out cracks in my windshield. That's not what you want. Anyway, um, was putting out all kinds of strategic statements on how we're going to deal with these white men, with these racially motivated violent extremists. And, you know, to say you're racially motivated violent extremist, according to that brief at the time, and I can't remember what episode it was, like I did kind of a quick review of it. But the idea there was not that you were out there actually committing violence. It wasn't that you were ever actually calling for violence. It was long and short that you're just basically not playing ball. Like you're using words you shouldn't use. You're holding opinions you shouldn't hold. Uh, if you were even what they were talking about, like a constitutionalist, if you're talking about ma 2A and my founding fathers, well then guess what? You're an extremist, right? If you're not bending to the uh, to the pro-diversity, anti-white agenda, then you are by their definition an extremist. But now what we've seen is that has kind of has kind of shifted and almost fallen away, and well, for a few reasons that I'll kind of that I want to get into. So, if you look at the state of uh, where the U.S. is, 
right now. Like I mentioned, usually this time of year, like the, the election thing is going hot and heavy. And I think usually that's kind of facilitated by the fact that they kind of know where they want this country to go and they know what they're going to have to say to get it there. And, you know, if they can narrow it down to two dimwit candidates that are going to get the job done either way for them, I think they're going to be just fine with that. But that's not the situation as it is right now. Because right now, they're in a pretty tight spot. So the tight spot as it is right now is, one, um, this Ukraine thing. Like, we're not fighting in Ukraine. Uh, that is the first thing I want to kind of touch on is that, one, we're not fighting. We don't have, like, fighting men openly on the ground there. But we have committed a fuck ton of money and a fuck ton of resources and a fuck ton of clout in terms of how the voters here feel about the people making those decisions and how the rest of the world feels about us supporting this fucking dick dance. So for anybody that's listening that is thinking like, well, gee, I don't know, man, I keep seeing on my news that we're doing pretty well in Ukraine and that Ukraine might somehow pull out a win. Fuck no. All right, let me just say that as plain and fucking simple as I possibly can. Fuck no. And you can say that like, Eastern European news is unreliable. You could say that all these people are liars. Everybody's fucking lying. And if we arrive at a middle ground, well, then golly gee, maybe they still have a fucking chance. No, they don't have a fucking chance. And here's fucking why. If you look at all the news, all the news coming out of Russia, either from Russian outlets or from Western outlets, everything is, the, the debate is not whether R Russia is falling on its ass. The only real debate is whether Russia's progress is as healthy as it seems. So that's talking about progress in terms of the expansion of their economy. That's progress in terms of how fast they're turning out weapons. That's progress in terms of how fast they're taking ground in Ukraine in the fucking winter, which traditionally in Eastern Europe simply isn't done. Like It's like fucking fighting in the Middle East in summer, right? Like traditionally everybody takes that time off. We'll resume in springtime. Spring is a time for war, right? So in Eastern Europe, man, like traditionally, like a, a Russia, like a Russia and Ukraine, they're going to take that time off, dude. No, these guys are fucking kicking ass. When you look at the news coming out of Ukraine, what the fuck news are you talking about there? You're talking about, are we or are we not drafting women? They're talking about, are we or are we not drafting dudes like over, like fucking 50, 60 year old guys going to draft these fucking guys. We're talking about all these stories you see about people fleeing. Are you going to allow people to flee? Under what conditions can somebody defer? Like you got a shit ton of kids. You got a poor babushka at home. You, uh, you know, all this kind of shit. You see all these stories, all these videos of like these, what do they call them? Like meat patrols or like meat squads. Uh, just roaming the streets and snatching up young dudes. I saw one that was pretty cool where like they had a detention center where they had guys that they had snatched up and they're gonna like ship them off and send them to the front. And like this dude like fucking skates out and like doot, 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 like ducks out the window and scoots off down the street. I was like, that's kind of fucking money. But um, yeah, that's that's the only caliber of news that you see coming out of Ukraine, right? It's like how much more money do we need? How soon can you get us jets? Which ha ha fucking ha. The F-16s that they were supposed to get, I guess the first batch was supposed to come, uh, excuse me, uh, was supposed to come from Denmark, and they're like, yeah, we're going to actually, we're going to actually hold off probably a long time, probably like a year or so. So basically, like, if you start actually winning, then we'll start actually giving you a jet that you can fly into the fucking ground. 
because otherwise this is a waste of everybody's fucking time. So long and short, man, uh, all the news like in terms of Russia is how far up are they? And all the news in terms of Ukraine is how fucked are they? That's the only real ways to look at this. So now where that applies to us, man, is, is one, that's money out of our pocket. That's gear out of our pocket. That's Ukraine continuing to honk about, can I have, can I have? And the U.S. and the rest of the West saying, no, man, I'm not sure I can really do that anymore. So now while you might say, yeah, we lost there, maybe we're down a little bit, the thing that you have to keep in mind is that, one, that's a bunch of gear and money and equipment, and two, that's your standing in the international community because if you remember this, this, what is it, prosperity guardian bullshit, that they're talking about shilling, you know, with the with the Red Sea situation. Uh, a whole bunch of countries just said, yeah, man, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I'll try to help out, but I'm not taking orders from you. So, I mean, can you imagine that in like 2003, 2004? Like, no, everybody would have been like, yeah, the U.S., dude, they're running this thing. This is going to be fucking great. Not now, dude. Now it's like, no, nah, fuck off. I'll, I'll do myself. I'll do my own thing over here. And then lastly, and to me, possibly most important, is the fact that... Um, you know, when we started dishing out weapons to uh, to Ukraine, Russia put out a statement saying, hey, man, if you do this shit, we're going to start looking at you as party to this situation, right? Like, you got a fucking hand in this, and we're going to deal with you the same way. So just because, you know, just because Ukraine loses its ass, and we're like, ah, shucks, well, I guess on to the next. Let's see what else we could do. Like, just because you're saying that doesn't mean Russia is saying that. Russia is running tip top and if they're like, yeah, you know what? We're not done, motherfucker. We're going to we got something for your ass. That's not that's not good for you. That's not good for the tea and biscuit company. So, what happens now? It's like, well, shit, dude, I don't know. What are they going to do now? Now, like not only are we down a bunch of clout, down a bunch of money and equipment, now we got these motherfuckers out there that are like, don't forget I'm still pissed at you. And when are they going to hit back? Who the fuck knows? Maybe they don't even have to hit back. Maybe it's at some point where we're like, dude, we need fucking help. And they're like, guess what? We're not going to help. And we're going to tell everybody else that we have leverage over not to help you neither. That's not that's not a good look. You, like, you really shit the bet on this thing. And what it kind of represents to me is a real absence of forethought. Like, a real failure to look ahead and see, like, what the fuck could happen here? What could go wrong? What do I need to be thinking about? And these fucking perfume prince assholes in D.C., I think quite honestly, man, like this shit where, you know, like a Chelsea Clinton graduates from whatever it was, Yale, you know, that Yale thing doing a fuck ton of cocaine. Disclaimer, man, I don't I don't know this bitch. I don't know if she does a lot of cocaine or not. Maybe she only does a little. Who the fuck knows? But, um, you know, like when she graduates college and slips into some job making 300 grand and then, you know, walks out waving her fucking hands. Like, dude, I have to wonder, like, do these people actually believe that they're doing anything to earn this money? Do they actually believe that, like, you're just this magical person that like, yeah, dude, whatever I say, it just materializes. I'm that good. I really think that these people, they get this shit in their head. And then they look at a situation like this Ukraine thing and they keep imagining that they can just snap their fingers and like, there, it's fixed. Everything will happen the way I want it to. Like, no, motherfucker. Like, nothing is going to happen the way you want it to just because you snap your fucking fingers. There's still real life out there. 
And I think that's kind of where we're at with, especially with this Ukraine thing that like, yeah, dude, you said you wanted some shit. That's not happening, dude. It's fucked up. It's all gone pear-shaped. And it's going to cost well beyond just what you pay, you know, just what you pay on this outing. This is going to cost tomorrow and the next day. But looking at that prospect, like where this starts to add up is um, now we look at this Israel situation. So this Israel situation, this is a real fucked up situation. Like one, it's fucked up. It's real fucked up for these Palestinians. And like, again, like I said before, dude, I didn't lose my wallet in Gaza, dude. Like I don't have a fish to fry there, but just the same, dude, I've always kind of felt that it's bad form to smoke people's women and kids, dude. Like, yeah, there's, you know, there are situations where somebody will like put an S vest on a kid or put an AK in some kid's hands and that kid will burn you down if you give him the chance. Sometimes you got to do some unsavory shit, right? And there's the, the, the prospect that baby rats don't grow up to be bunnies. I can understand all this shit. But I can also understand, man, that like sometimes people don't put on S vests. Sometimes people don't pick up an AK and drive a fucking, you know, exploding dump truck up to your gate if you don't fuck with them. All right. And this fucking Israel thing has been nothing but a study in fucking with people. So uh, the way this thing is played out, man, is that like long and short, Israel is getting thumped pretty fucking good from the looks of it. Uh, they're talking about like they're expanding operations here, there, and the other fucking thing. They're they're running hot and heavy in West Bank now. And if you're not completely up to speed on um, kind of the shape of this thing, if you look at like you look at your look at your Israel, look at your occupied Palestine, right? If you look at your Israel situation, like down here to like the the south on the border with Egypt, this is where Gaza is. So the West Bank now is like the east, northeast of uh, of Israel, like on the coast of the Dead Sea there, which I did have a chance to go to, and I can't say that I recommend, dude. It's very fucking weird. We went to that thing, and um, I mean, you know, like they pitch it like this real cool tourist thing, and you go there, and that water is like super greasy and nasty and oily, and it's like, I don't, I don't want this. This is nasty as hell, dude. And like you get in there and you're like, great. You get out. It's like, it's like you just dumped like mineral oil all over yourself. You're like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Like you got to, and then they got like just a shitty little faucet there to rinse yourself off. Anyway, I digress. So the, the, uh, Israeli military is running hot and heavy in the West bank. And, um, like if you look at the map, then like the West bank is not like up there flush against the Lebanon border. But so they, that's that's then like the third front. Okay, so you've got like the Lebanon situation where Hezbollah is launching shit into Israel, apparently, as you know, as I understand it, is launching shit into Israel from Lebanon. You've also got this West Bank situation where they're getting sucked in. And then you've got the Gaza situation. So Gaza is right down there against the border of Egypt. And... Egypt, apparently, last I saw or heard, is they had pushed military resources up to that border. Now, mind you, places like Egypt and Jordan, like they don't get that involved in the shit that goes on with Israel, not because they support them, but because we fucking pay them. All right. So when you look at foreign aid, like whenever you have this argument that like, hey, look at how much money we give to Israel and some Israeli will come to you or, you know, some 8200, you know, apparatchik will come to you with like, uh-uh, you give like Egypt tons of money, you give Jordan tons of money, like we're just, we're like a drop in the bucket compared to that. 
Okay, so one, no. Like, bottom line, we give more money to Israel than any other country on the planet. Israel's the only country with its own lobby in D.C. But the money we give to, to Jordan and Egypt, a lot of this is just a buy-off. Like, hey, just let them do what they want, bro. Just let them do whatever they want. And they do whatever they want. So while they might not attack them openly, there is the question then of, well, are you going to stand by while, um, while Palestinians get wrecked? And that appears to become increasingly a no answer. So along with those three fronts, now you've also got this, um, this Red Sea situation. And the situation there is one where these Houthi rebels, Ansar Allah, it means like supporters of God or some shit. So you've got these Houthis and um, their deal, like down there on Yemen, al- along that edge where the Red Sea starts... They're talking about like, hey man, any Israeli-owned ships come here, we're gonna we're gonna fire it up, we're gonna shoot rockets at them, and apparently they've been doing this shit. I guess a few days ago, the U.S. engaged one of these boats with this uh, with these Houthi pirates or whatever you like, Houthi pirates, Arr! and uh, they smoked some guys. I guess there was two boats. They smoked two boats and uh, didn't see any survivors, and then one boat got away. Apparently what's happening there is large carriers like Maersk and this kind of thing, they're routing all the way down across, uh, what, Cape of Good Hope instead of up through the Suez Canal. And, um, yeah, man, it is what it fucking is. Uh, it's costing a whole lot of money. And, I mean, I heard a good, I heard a good take that a, an inability to maintain safe transoceanic trade, like this is an indicator of a dying empire. So, I mean, when you when you look at the things like Spanish Armada, when you look at like the British Empire, things like this, this is an indicator for you. Like, yeah, you don't own the waterways anymore. You're not maintaining this. You're not the fucking boss here no more. All right. And that I guess it's like I, I heard a take that that's a leading indicator of a, of a failing empire. And it's hard to argue with that because this thing does look like it's on its ass. So the U.S. has got like, I don't know how many carrier groups they have out there now. I believe it was the Gerald... I believe it was the Gerald R. Ford group, if that is a carrier group, if I'm remembering right, they went home. And some people were talking about like, oh, that's not a good look. It's a sign of weakness. For my money, that's really the only sign that anybody has their head out of their ass over there. Because as it was, they had, I want to say, I want to say three carrier groups. I think they had two in and around the Red Sea and one in the Med. And kind of the issue there is that, I mean, like I said before, like that is expensive living, man. Keeping all those people, keeping all that stuff out there, that becomes very, very expensive. So it becomes this question then of, is it cheaper to just write off the occasional ship? Like occasional Israeli-owned ship, mind you, okay? So I don't know whether they put out a statement saying we're going to attack any American merchant vessel coming through here, but they did say like any, any Israeli owned. So where there's a vessel that like, yeah, there's some Israeli ownership over this thing. And again, like mind you, there, there can be some confusion here in terms of what country is running the shipping happening on that thing. Because a lot of these Nordic countries, I guess, run a lot of these container ships, but then it's who owns the ship and then where is the ship flagged out of in terms of like this ship is owned by some Israeli but run through a company in you know Norway but then it's traveling between fucking China and you know wherever Spain 
All right, so there could be a lot of moving parts in here. So where's the ship flagged, who owns it, and so on. I haven't heard whether they said we'll attack any American-owned merchant vessel, but when we're out there dumping our resources, committing our military to protecting, protecting what exactly? Like protecting Israeli-owned merchandise. That's not, I'm not interested in that. And I can't remember if I had mentioned this last time that um, they're working these ops, this this prosperity guardian business. And um, we're at a spot now where like they're all out there. There's a few Iranian ships floating around out there. There's a few French ships. I think there's a few Japanese ships out there. But we're at a spot now where like if something goes sideways, like if some of these Houthi characters, if they, or, or Hezbollah, if they manage to make a few hits on some American, especially on some American vessels, guess what's going to happen? Like everything is going to spin the fuck up because for my money, like you've already got all your resources there. Everybody is there. So really the clock is ticking on everybody. Like everybody is out there ticking away days where you get a little more tired, a little less focused, shit gets worn out a little bit more, right? The the tires on all those jets from taking off and landing and all the fucking mechanical gear and all those engine rooms on all those ships. That shit is fucking taking on miles, dude, around the fucking clock. So if something gets hectic out there, one ship gets fucked up. A couple helicopters go down. One pilot has to ditch in the fucking water. How fucking hectic and wacky is this shit going to be? Real fast, it could become on either of those straits on either side of Saudi there, of that Saudi peninsula. How fast could that just be like, yeah, dude, this whole thing is blocked up. Like nobody can go fucking nowhere. And with nobody going nowhere, now what, man? You're just sitting there fucking waiting. Supply ships can't get in and out. Supply planes have a hard time getting in and out. And Houthis can just fucking plink at you. Just plink, plink, plink. There's no way that ends well. And so where you might say that, you know, yeah, I've been watching them. They don't have shit going, man. They're fucking, what are they doing? They launch a little rocket here and there. They launch a little something. They send a few, like, weak-ass missiles out. Yes, but what's happening every time that fucking happens? Every time you launch something like that, one... You're getting eyes on, like, where are you launching your, your counter-missile strikes from? So, like, whatever it is, like, your Patriot missile batteries, any of this shit, where is that stuff staged, all right? And how much more do you even have left? So they send, like, these little rockets, little rockets, little rockets. Now I find out, one, you still have some left, and two, I know where you're launching from. Now if you start sending guys in there, you know, when I start thinking it, like, yeah, dude, they're almost out. You're sending these little rockets, they're, they're lighting off their fucking Patriots, and okay, like, hey, fuck, man, when they switch from Patriots to something else, you know, like, all right, they're out of Patriots. Can we get eyes on, like, where does this other shit come from? Where are they driving this in from? Or if they're setting up shops somewhere else, where are they setting up after this? All right, so you're like, every time something happens, there's intel to be gained. So when you see these little plink, 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 dude, it's not for nothing. And for my money, I feel like these people should know it, but the way the way they're behaving, it's like they don't have any idea what the fuck is going on. And I've seen these fucking things where like these Israeli soldiers, the, the diaper brigade is just getting pushed out of places left and fucking right. So I got to look at this and I'm like, dude, you're being bested again by guys in flip flops carrying old ass AKs. You got all the best fucking shit and you cannot get the job done going into this thing, you know, it's a, it was a silly fucking thing to get involved in unless your plan was that we were going to wipe out literally everybody in this fucking area, which we can come to here directly. So knowing that 
the U.S. is heavily fucking involved in, you know, all those goings on in the Middle East, even though, you know, this has got nothing to do with us per se, except in places like Iraq and Syria where, you know, little random groups are like they're sending the little rockets over the walls there and getting the same shit, like just constant harassment, harassment, harassment. You know, you could look at it on one hand and be like, yeah, dude, they're not overrunning the place or not doing anything. But, dude, can you get a good night's sleep? Like, what hell is this? You can't get a night's sleep every fucking day, every fucking night. It's a rocket here, a rocket there. Somebody gets blown up, a building gets fucked up, a road gets torn up. You know, every fucking day. That's, I mean, dude, that's not built to last. That gets fucking old quick. So looking on top of that, you've got this China situation. So now this China thing, these motherfuckers, like, I kind of go back and forth between, like, these are some really cool customers, some forward-thinking, chess-playing motherfuckers. I go back and forth between that and these guys are just pussies, right? Because, like, this shit happens and they talk shit, they talk shit. And I'd mentioned before, like, there's that Russian gag about China's final warning. Like, it's something they say all the time. Like, our final warning, I'm fucking telling you. I'm telling you, bro. You do that shit again, I'm gonna fuck you up, bro. And, like, no, you're not. But, you know, looking at the situation as it is, these guys have... um I guess they've just put together, they're getting a new aircraft carrier put together. And I mean, again, I don't know how good it is. I mean, it might be a shitty Chinese knockoff. It, it might be the shit though. You know, and it's also, it's brand fucking new. Like the shit that we're driving around out there nonstop constantly because there's always something going on. How old is this shit, dude? Like how much is this thing held together with fucking tape? All right. So now you got this Chinese situation. These fuckers are ramping up, dude. And it, it don't mean especially a lot, you know, maybe it don't mean, it don't mean anything to us really if they take fucking Taiwan. What the fuck's that got to do with us? Who gives a shit? Take fucking Taiwan. I didn't leave my wallet in Taiwan. But for some reason, you know, we got this fucking thing where like we feel like we have to project power across Asia. So, oh, I'm fucking Taiwan's big brother. I'm the Philippines' big brother. I'm everybody's big brother. And, you know, we don't get shit for it. It costs us a lot of money. But now those chickens are starting to come home to roost where like, yeah, these fuckers are still expecting us to come out there and fight their fights for them. But like we can't fight fights for the whole fucking world. And China is spinning up and they're like, yeah, what are you going to do now, motherfucker? Like you're wrapped up in the Red Sea and the Med. All I got to do is fucking sail across this little ass stretch of water, dude, and I'll take this whole fucking island in a day. What are you going to do then, smart guy? Which brings us to now, um, which brings us to kind of the shift in uh, in the way things have gone. And I think, for my money, that initially, you know, a couple of years ago, and especially after this Trump thing, I think, well, fuck, especially since this January 6th thing, which today is the anniversary of, like, happy fake fuck insurrection day. But I think since then, I think there was kind of a push that, like, yeah, we're going to fold this fucking thing up. We're just going to gonna turn America off and turn it back on again, minus some of these pesky amendments. And then we can kind of start fresh. We got all these fuckers under our thumb, but things did not go the way that they planned for them to go. So what you've seen, like since 2020, when it was, you know, they're all right wing extremists. All these these white dudes are bad. Veterans are bad. Constitutionalists are bad. Second Amendment proponents are bad. Shooting enthusiasts are bad. Anybody that's not gay is bad. All this shit is bad. All right. Since that We've shifted way, way back to like, one, they're either not mentioning it or they're not really talking so much about, you know, yeah, diversity, you know, like you see it, like, like you see some, some of this shit, like with the, 
the New Year's broadcast because these people just can't help themselves. I mean, these people are like professional degenerates, but you don't really see it in a policy sense no more. You do see a kind of a shifting back to like, oh shit, we might have overextended ourselves. We might need like the salt of the earth types to come in here and help out. Like we might be in a pretty bad way. And the reason I say that is if like, imagine you're Israel, imagine you're Israel right now, like you're in charge of this thing. And if it's like 2018, 2019, you know, especially if it's like since 2016, when dummies like us memed this Trump into office, like, like legit, we memed him in there and we memed him out, but they're looking at this and they're saying, dude, it's like the writing is on the wall. We're not going to be welcome here no more. People are catching on. Why don't we just fold this thing up? We can shift over to China. And there was a lot of talk about like that Hebrew shift to China, you know, and now there's a look like there's some Argentina in there, but Argentina, dude, it's still, it's South America, dude. I mean, you're fucking, you're trying to train dogs to do your accounting, right? It's not in the cards. So they're kind of up, up a river without a foreskin, if you like. So the thing with China didn't really pan out so well. So like if you're Israel Your economy, your success is very, very much tied to American firepower. So just like in the very negative sense, we could look at, you know, what we have with Israel is like the beast and the harlot. Like who can make war with the beast? Like make no no mistake, dude. Like this Israel, this is the beast. And we are the harlot, dude. Like we'll do it for money. Right. Like you're giving you're letting us keep some of our own money and hooray, hooray. And like, dude, we're doing whatever they ask. Right. Because we're we're bought and paid for but they can only do that if we're there, man. So when you've got this Middle East situation and you want to expand, you know, you want that greater Israel, you want to expand, you know, out to up to the to the border with Egypt there. You want to expand all across Jordan. You want to expand all the way into Syria and all this shit. You want all this shit, but you can't do that by yourself. Like, look at how much just one city, just one city with one little, I mean, honestly, kind of ragtag group, these these Hamas dudes, these guys are whipping their asses. So look at how much ass pain you're getting out of just one city, all right? And you think you, on your own, you think you can fucking expand and take all that shit? No, because, like, where Americans can be guilt-tripped and, like, Europeans can be, can be trick-fucked and guilt-tripped and all this shit and they're just handing you all kinds of things. Like, dude, the Chinese aren't buying that shit. These Arabs aren't buying that shit. Iranians ain't buying that shit. So how are you going to get all that stuff? How are you going to get that greater Israel? You're going to have to count on America. And the only way you can get America fighting is initially the thought was, hey, we get this shit going. We, you know, and, and whether you think that Mossad had something to do with the October 7th thing, or it was some, like a lie hop, like let it happen on purpose, but then kind of like boost it a little bit and then fly in there, maybe shoot up a bunch of teenagers too. Who knows, man? Who the fuck knows? But there's definitely an angle there with like, oh God, look, I'm a victim again. And, you know, now they're steamrolling the fuck out of like, it's got to be up near 30,000 people now. You know, how many how many Israelis died on the 7th? I don't know. What did they say? Like a thousand, something like that. So, I mean, it's like you know, you've got your fucking pound of flesh, dude. But this is not about that. This is about we want to get rid of these people once and for all. So if you're going to do this thing, like you need fucking America. But how are you going to do this if America is folding up? All right. If America is going to be committed towards this China thing, if America is going to be committed towards this Ukraine thing, if America is going to be committed in all these places, then how are they going to have your back? 
They're going to have to get stronger. So you can't let them die yet. Right. So where they where I think they were just going to let America just kind of fucking die. And like like the gag says, like uh, going to dry up and blow away. And that was going to be it. But now it's like, fuck, dude, we still need these dudes. And even this rickety fuckstick old president is talking about like, hey, man, you guys got to take it easy over here. And like this Netanyahu, like no fucking way, dude. No, we're going balls to the fucking wall, dude. Scorched earth, bomb it all, destroy it all, get rid of all of them. Anybody who wants them, fucking take them. Somewhere in Europe, somebody take these fuckers. And I seen them doing like this international survey of like, hey, you, you countries, you lazy fucks, how many, how many of these people can you take? You could take... You know, a couple hundred thousand. You, you could take a couple thousand. Let's get these fuckers out of here. You know, I mean, it's fucking blatant. I mean, ethnic cleansing, man, very fucking plainly. But looking ahead now, this kind of this kind of explains a lot of why suddenly it seems like, ah, oh, well, maybe, you know, America needs to stand up for a while longer. Maybe we need to keep this economy afloat. Maybe we need strong white men once again. Maybe we need some kind of a unifying fucking to-do. Because there's no way they get out of this thing without war in Iran. There's not a fucking way. It's not fucking possible. But what we've seen is that Iran has remained the cool customer. Like that Soleimani thing fucking assassinated that dude with a drone. And they had that little, we're going to go to war flag. And so far as I know, I haven't known Iranians for being like, you know, the all talk, no action types. But apparently they stayed cool. And now this this most recent shit goes on with um, what was it? ISIS ISIS claims responsibility for bombing some sort of gathering on the anniversary of that Soleimani assassination. Again, Iran is like, yeah, okay, we'll wait it out. We'll wait it out. So what I can only assume, man, is that these fuckers, these Iranians, see a fight coming, and it's not really as much a matter of. We don't want to fight you because we'll lose. I think it's a matter of just like Russia, just like Ukraine, they don't have to. They can fucking wait because all they're doing is sitting at the house. But all of these American forces upon whom this entire caper depends are sitting where? Sitting in the fucking Red Sea, dealing with Houthis, dealing with rockets, dealing with Israel, doing wazoo shit. Americans dealing with this international broke dick coalition of countries that don't actually want to be there. So that shit's not a that shit's not a tit for tat thing, man. That's some shit that's going to run out. It's not going to last very long. So for my money, that's that's how that's going down is that, um, you know, they want to keep the lights on in America. But I don't really know that the infrastructure is there. And I think that's part of the reason they sent one of those carrier groups back, which is. Like, yeah, dude, we can't maintain this much out here. We got to get one back, get it fixed up, get these dudes rested up, and then we can come back and replace somebody when they're worn out. But we don't have the fucking minerals to keep all this shit out there. So as far as how that plays out, uh, that could see, I mean, dude, that could see a lot of a lot of wartime rhetoric spinning up. But looking into this election year, what it might equate to is a little less of the shenanigans that we expected. Like you, you know, you'd expect like another dirty black summer, like lots of riots, lots of uncertainty, lots of like, Hey, trust me, Goy, we need police state. Maybe that's not going to happen. What might happen though, is one of these nine 11 type unifying events that we could blame on bunny ears, ISIS or, or Iran, Iran sponsored. Like how many times have you heard that? I mean, it's just like calling somebody racist or anti-Semite. I think that's starting to lose its luster, but we'll see. But that's what I would look for in the coming uh, 
Oh, what, man? Probably around springtime, you know, because spring is a time for war, right? Like we talked about. Moving past that and into uh, into the election season, today is the anniversary of January 6th. And if you don't recall, that was the time when, uh, again, like that one day, it's that one day kind of a thing where they're talking about, oh, just all these bunny ears conservative types lost their shit and stormed the Capitol. Well, just like the Ukraine thing and just like the October 7th Israel thing, I will suggest that this shit did not happen in one day. That shit started way before January 6th. For my money, that was an entire season of spinning people up, of normalizing riots, normalizing destroying buildings, normalizing that kind of madness, so that when that shit came and all those talking heads were out there talking about, we're going to fight, we're going to take, we're going to do this shit, we're going to keep our whatever the fuck, all right? I believe that's what that shit was about, that this shit was fucking coordinated and on purpose to get a bunch of silly motherfuckers who didn't know any better to get in there and wreak fucking havoc. Only trouble was that they didn't do enough damage. They didn't really do any damage. They they went in there and stayed behind the velvet ropes and obeyed the laws and behaved respectfully. So when it came time for, like, war criminal prosecutions... Like, the best they could do was, you know, throwing a guy in some heavy makeup in jail for a little while. And then when all the actual video came out to to be like, uh, we might have fucked up on this one, too. Because like I said, man, you ever try to open one of them magnetic locked doors? You ain't doing it. You ain't fucking getting in there. All they got to do is close fucking doors. But they didn't close the doors. They opened them. And when I say they opened them, I mean the skeleton crew that was left on Capitol Police after Chris Miller acting secretary of defense who got put in charge of that caper for one day. All right. So he's a guy that Trump put in charge. So in case you were thinking about shifting back to Trump, this is a reminder that Chris Miller is the guy that he put in charge for. It was, I don't remember how long it was like immediately before that, you know, bunny ears transfer of power thing. And the question at the time was like, why would you put a guy in charge? Like you're leaving like, here directly, like, you already lost the fucking election. Why are you changing people around? And for my money, this is part of the reason. So the Capitol Police and the uh, reserves, what was it, National Guard on standby. National Guard wasn't issued any kind of ammo. They were kept in a fucking parking garage. Capitol Police, they were stood down and reduced to a skeleton crew. And the whole time, people were calling for, like, hey, we need people, we need people. And Chris Miller was the only guy who could release these people. And the whole fucking day, it was like, you need what? You need where? Oh, my God. Route this through a different channel. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, give me a minute. So by the time it finally got done, like the shit was already over. All right. And then, of course, you had a soul brother like no other who just like stuck a gun through the crack of a door and shot an unarmed woman in the neck. You're never going to fucking sell that to me, dude. Like you're never going to sell that that one woman and not everybody else in the room was a lethal threat and somehow this fucking guy gets a medal like this is through the fucking looking glass insane but that was only a few short years ago and now here we are again with a much different flavor like if you looked then like could you imagine this place still being upright this many years down the road like three years down the road or whatever i couldn't and yet here we are so where it goes from here man uh moving towards the uh Towards the election madness, who the fuck knows? But if it was me, I would keep one foot in the stirrup and one eye on the horizon, man, because who the fuck knows what's going on? Wacky mass arrest could start tomorrow, or it could be like red carpet rollout, like, hey, look, white man, we're really sorry. We done you wrong this whole time. Is there any way 
that you could fight this war for us, please, with a cherry on top? No, thank you, no. I don't think I will. But um, hopefully this uh, this episode will stay up on the uh, on the mainstream platforms. I look. It looks like I got it turned on like just about everywhere. I'm going to see if I can get it somehow to come out on YouTube. I don't know why this matters. It's like, you know, me and the other five people that know this thing is out there. But um, as far as um, shekels, man, a couple dudes, like a couple dudes had asked like, hey, can I send you a couple dollars? I mean, I'll send you a couple dollars if it'll, you know, keep you motivated to keep putting out obviously shit content. But um as far as that, dude, I don't like one dude. I don't really have much need right now for any shekels. I'm I'm good on shekels, but uh, as I move along with this thing, I'm gonna look at this platform thing, and it's got like a little monetization deal, or I'll see about that buy me a coffee thing. But what I would like to do is I would like to stand up uh, some kind of a thing where I could send you idiots like some cool merchandise, like some cool shit. Like I oh I like seeing cool shit that's like yeah, dude, I could wear this to the bar, or I could wear this. You know, somewhere that's not just moving day, you know, because like you see a lot of shit like you get from different places. You're like, yeah, this is cool. Like, I'll never fucking wear it. this. Looks stupid as shit, dude. I'm not wearing this. But if I could get something cool with like, you know, the good looking martini glass and I can't remember if I mentioned before, I want to kind of tighten up that logo a little bit. I was thinking about putting like a couple bolts like on the side, but maybe not so they look like that. Right. But maybe so it looks more like, um, you know, like the vintage tattoo of uh, like electrical threat or some kind of shit you know like just two little bolts like two little voltage deals and then maybe like an ah for abuse for abuse hour what did you think it was for come on man work with me anyway yeah uh see what i could do but yeah until then man i'm at the airport i'm gonna go in here and stand in line because standing in line is what i do but until next time man you uh keep your eyes on the horizon keep your neck out of the deuce i've been coffee these are my takes (laughs) 